Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having an outstanding start to your Tuesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSPN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And as we've mentioned many times before, if it's a Monday for the Braves, there likely is going to be noteworthy occurrences both on the field and off the field. And that's once again what we got on Monday. But let's start where there was plenty of positivity for the Braves. We'll get into some of the more newsworthy occurrences off the field later on in this episode. But there certainly was plenty of positive things to talk about from the Braves as they arrived in St. Louis for the first game of a three-game series against the Cardinals, a matchup of two 2022 playoff teams that, you know, certainly would be a nice measuring stick to where both teams are at the start of 2023. And the Braves, you know, overall had had a successful start to the season over the weekend. Two wins against Washington, but they were coming off a pretty disappointing performance against the Nationals on Sunday, and it wasn't just about the struggles of Jared Schuster. It was also the offense just basically being completely silenced by young impact starter Mackenzie Gore. So this offense had plenty of reason to want to bounce back on Monday night, and thankfully, that's exactly what they did. An 8-4 victory for the Braves over the Cardinals, and three key takeaways, two of which center on the offense. For one, it's the fact that the offense now, in three of their four games, has found ways to be able to take on the opportunity to score early and really grab the momentum and consistently deliver, you know, when it needed to throughout the game. You know, they've scored seven runs twice, now eight runs, you know, as of Monday night, and they were able to get their third victory of the season. So despite the struggles for the offense, you know, on Sunday, the Braves offense overall, they're showing that they're really getting into form. You know, the first game of the season, they were able to get the job done, you know, getting timely hits. But in the second game of the season, Matt Olson two home runs. Ronald Acuna Jr. had a home run himself. Marcelo Zuna. Then Monday night, Ronald Acuna, Austin Riley, Ozzie Albies all added home runs to the board. So it's really good to see that the Braves are tapping into their power. That's what really separates this Braves offense from other good-to-elite offenses in the majors. The Braves really being able to tap into their power consistently is a good sign to see, especially 
with the question marks that are in the Braves' starting staff and the bullpen until Max Reed, Rysel Iglesias, others, you know, come back from injury, the Braves need for their offense to be performing at a high level consistently in case they run into some struggles when it comes to the, their pitching. So the Braves' offense early on in the season, being able to tap into their power supply is really good to see, especially when you saw Austin Riley connect for, you know, what may have been the most impressive home run of his career, his first of the season, and Ozzy Albies being able to go deep as well. A really good sign for Albies as he continues to work his way back to full form, you know, coming off last season's, you know, disappointing occurrences with his injury and performance overall. It was good to see Ozzy Albies be able to have a good offensive performance. And as I mentioned, you know, the second real takeaway is, is that, you know, with the Braves offense, when it is performing at the level that it's fully capable of night in and night out, the Braves don't necessarily need a dominating performance, for instance, like they got from Spencer Strider on Saturday afternoon. They just need for a performance to be good enough to limit the opposing offense enough for the Braves offense to grab the score early and maintain it until the Braves get into their deep bullpen. And that's exactly what Charlie Morton was able to deliver on Monday. Overall, a struggling start for Morton, who now is the de facto number two in the Braves rotation, at least for the time being, with the injury to Max Reed. You don't really know, you know, what the um, overall expectation is for free to be back or, you know, Kyle Wright or Michael Soroka, you know, to enter the mix for the starting rotation. So right now, after Spencer Strider, the Braves really need for Charlie Morton to be their most consistent presence in the starting rotation. Well, on Monday, it was another up and down performance from Morton that we got used to seeing last year. His velocity and his stuff looked like it was, you know, definitely, you know, Good, You know, I don't necessarily want to say great, but there wasn't really any concerns with his velocity or his stuff overall, but he just simply was not missing bats. Gave up nine hits, three walks, uh, three strikeouts, or excuse me, two walks, only one strikeout through five and one-thirds innings. He gave up three earned runs, and so he did a good job despite working himself into trouble several times on Monday evening. He was able to work out of it, and as I mentioned, the big thing for Morton is that he showed his veteran moxie, and that in realizing he didn't have his best stuff, he wasn't missing bats at the very least, he was able to limit the production of the Cardinals lineup to allow for the Braves to continue to add on on their end, and he pitched good enough and also was able to pitch into the sixth inning to get his first win of the season. But we could talk about, you know, many things from a from a team perspective. You know, it was great to see Austin Riley. Great to see Ozzie Albies contribute with their first long balls of the season. We already talked about how Matt Olson put two on the board on Saturday. He added an RBI single on Monday. But the most exciting and encouraging development of all was Ronald Acuna Jr. once again being locked in. And he talked about it after the game. Ronald Acuna Jr. addressed what everybody has been hoping and feeling throughout spring training. He said he's 100% and the trust that he has in his body this year is completely different from what he had last year. And we're truly seeing how special of a development it is when a fully healthy Ronald Acuna Jr. Jr. fully trusts his approach to the game 
the results are absolutely spectacular. Just take this, you know, into you know into consideration. And again, a very very small sample size. It, it needs to be taken with a grain of salt, but it's still been so impressive. It's worth mentioning. Last year, for instance, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s average exit velocity was 91.2. This year, so far, coming into tonight, it was 95. When we talk about the launch angle at which Ronald Acuna Jr. was hitting the baseballs last year, and we were discussing how it seemed like he was putting more balls on the ground. You know, it didn't seem like he was getting the same lift on his swing. Last year, his launch angle was at 10.8. This year so far, 16.9. And when it comes to his overall sweet spot and barrel percentages, right now he's at 27.3% for a barrel and 45.5% and 45 when it comes to the sweet spot. Now, those numbers will definitely regress. And again, it's only been three games. But the whole point is, is that Ronald Acuna Jr., clearly in the first series against the Nationals, was making consistent, hard, confident contact. And it led to great results. Well, then on Monday night, he came back and had the best performance of the season so far, connecting with an opposite field three-run homer. He also contributed when it came to his overall production. He hit one ball 108 miles an hour, another ball 107 miles an hour. So we're potentially seeing a Ronald Acuna Jr. that's going to put multiple balls in play each night that's over 100 miles per hour, even, even well over 100 miles per hour. If Ronald Acuna Jr. can consistently do that, and he's fully capable of doing that, the results are going to be absolutely special. So really, really fun performance to witness for the Braves on Monday night. In my opinion, a very good performance with, with the, the question marks that had emerged about the pitching staff. You know, there were some, probably a bit more concerns than people had anticipated coming out of that Washington series. But for the Braves to make a statement on Monday night and, and guarantee themselves to at least go 500 through the opening series of the season on the road, I think that that's definitely a confidence builder and hopefully will put the Braves in a position to where if they get a victory over one of their next two games, it's going to be a really successful start to the season, especially if Ronald Acuna Jr. and the Braves offense continues to click like it has through the first four games of 2023. So obviously there's plenty of positive things to talk about on the field from Monday. A great performance from the offense, Charlie Morton, you know, having an overall, you know, in my opinion, positive, you know, start to the season and a bit of more of an excitement going in to today's action is for, you know, the second time in, in the past three days, the Braves will have a starter making his Major League Baseball debut when it comes to left-hander Dylan Dodd. We'll touch on that in just a moment. But Monday brought with it the probably the most newsworthy, without a doubt in my opinion, the most newsworthy occurrence on Monday was the exciting announcement that the Braves are finally going to retire the number 25 jersey of Andrew Jones. And when I say finally, that that is fully meant to be that, that impact. You know, it, there's that full emphasis on finally because this is something that should have been done years ago. We're talking about one of the best natural all-around talents that has ever played for the Braves through one of the best runs, through one of the peaks of the Braves, you know, his, you know, long franchise history. And so Andrew Jones getting his, you know, due recognition of finally seeing his number 25 jersey retired, it's going to be great to see. The official retirement will occur 
on September 9th, but absolutely deserving, is Andrew Jones. I mean, we, you, you've heard me talk about it. You've heard many others talk about it. The hope is, is that after his significant jump in Hall of Fame voting this past year or offseason, he'll be in line over the next two offseasons to potentially finally get enshrined into Cooperstown. So good on the Braves to at least get him some recognition for this year. And it's simple to see why. It's just straightforward. He's one of the best position players to ever play for the Braves in franchise history. He deserves to be honored with other all-time greats that have played for the Braves organization. So congratulations to Andrew Jones. Definitely deserved looking very much forward to the months ahead leading up to the official retirement of his number 25 jersey on September 9th. But in speaking of jersey numbers, Dylan Dodd will be receiving his first ever MLB jersey number tomorrow before he takes the mound against the St. Louis Cardinals in the second game of this series. And yes, as I mentioned, that is correct. Due to some question marks around the starting rotation, the Braves will be relying on a left-hander to make their Major League debut for the second time in three games. As we mentioned, Jaron Schuster uncharacteristically had a, a pretty wild first inning against Washington, but he did very well to calm down and eat some innings for the Braves. And that is the focus for Dylan Dodd later tonight. The focus is simply this, just like with Charlie Morton, when it came to his performance on Monday night, Morton did not have his best stuff. He was not missing bats. He was struggling at times against a very good Cardinals lineup, but he was able to work himself out of damage. The key for Dylan Dodd tonight is simply limit the chances of there potentially being a big moment for the opposition. That's limiting walks, that's working counts correctly, that's mixing up his pitches, not getting wild, not letting, you know, if he gives up a hit unexpectedly in the first inning, that impact his performance. So for Dylan Dodd, the key is, you know, sure, if he wants to go six-plus innings and, you know, toss shutout ball, that'd be great. But at the very least, the goal is, as he's going against fellow Southpaw Stephen Matz, the goal for Dylan Dodd is to simply pitch good enough to keep the game within reason for the Braves, and hopefully their offense, once again, can get the job done. Now, it's no surprise that Dylan Dodd will be taking the mound for the Braves in Game 5 of the season because that was announced more than a week ago. What was surprising is the other players that were involved in the addition of Dylan Dodd to the 40-man roster and obviously the Major League roster. Many thought, and I think reasonably so, Michael Tonkin, who started the season off for the Braves in the bullpen, he would naturally be the person that could be, you know, designated for assignment so that Dylan Dodd could be added to the 40-man roster. But of course, that's not what occurred. It was actually Jared Schuster who was optioned down to AAA, and then it was off-season signing Jordan Luplow that was designated for assignment. By the Braves. Now, a, a few things that, you know, need to be broken down in terms of that roster move. Again, it was always expected that Dodd was going to be added to the Major League roster before the fifth game of the season for him to make his debut. But with the Braves optioning Jared Schuster down to the minors, it, it's actually a, a pretty smart procedural move because you know that Schuster was not going to be used, you know, in the coming days. It allows for the Braves to keep their pitching depth as, as deep as it can at the major league level, and they can always call Schuster up again if they wind up needing him at some part of the rotation 
as this week moves along. So seeing Schuster sent down to AAA is not really anything, you know, as a reaction to the struggles that he had early on in Sunday's start. It was just a, you know, astute move by the Braves to keep as much pitching depth as possible over the next several days as they continue to see some of their starters work their way back from injury. But of course, the surprise of all this is Jordan Luplow being designated for assignment. And this is after the fact that he actually signed a major league deal for a little over $1 million. Now, at the time that he signed it, you know, it was clear. The, the obvious, you know, discussion about it is that it's a million bucks. That, that, that's not, you know, anything of significance if, if Luplow were to work out or, or not work out. But the fact that the Braves, you know, released him who was on a major league deal, it is a bit surprising. On one hand, it certainly shows that the Braves have confidence in the depth that they have in their outfield options, such as Kevin Pillar, Sam Hilliard, and, and Eli White down in AAA. All three of those players had good to great springs. And also, it seems that the Braves are going to continue to rely on Marcelo Zuna to be a big presence in the order. So with all those developments, with, with, so many, with, with other options that the Braves just clearly seem to have high confidence in, there just was not a lot of opportunity for Jordan Luplau to make it to where he would be a, a, have a role carved out at the major league level for the Braves. Now, since he's designated for assignment, he certainly could be traded. And I think I would think that you know with his, his past production against left-handers for only a million dollars, there may be some team that's willing to part with you know something um, in order to get it done. It's not going to be anything of relevance or significance. But just with Luplau being um, DFA'd, it's not as if that means, you know, okay, the Braves are going to automatically release him. I do think there could be a possibility where he could be traded, but it'll just be interesting to see how his situation fully develops over the next several days. And again, though it's sensible as to why it occurred, a pretty big surprise in my opinion that the Braves decided that Luplau would be who they wanted to designate for assignment, but that could also be an exciting nod to how confident at some point in time this year a player like an Eli White will be, or Sam Hilliard, will be able to contribute to the Braves' success as the season progresses. And the other thing that stood out from Monday as well is, of course, the fact that when it comes to the Braves' lineup is that Sean Murphy sat, you know, for the second time um, in the first four games of the season. Uh, that's definitely a surprising move. You know, it does seem like Marcelo Zuna is getting, you know, a lot of run right now in the outfield and at DH. So we'll continue to see how that works out. As Marcelo Zunis, we'll see if he'll be able to get back to a higher level of consistency than he's been at the plate over the past two years. So the lineup shuffling so far has, has left things in a bit odd, though it's hard to complain with how good the offense has looked over the first four games of the season. So plenty of newsworthy occurrences for the Braves on Monday, but it leads to another exciting day on Tuesday as Dylan Dodd, you know, a player who I think that, you know, some, you know, when we talked with, you know, some of the, you know, notable uh, prospect evaluators here um, at Battery Power, we discussed that Dylan Dodd could be one of those names that emerges with the wide open farm system in terms of, you know, recognition or, 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 or which prospects should you know on the Braves' end. Dylan Dodd had a great opportunity to do that, and that's exactly what he did in spring training. The thing for Dylan Dodd is to just simply deliver, simply pitch to the level that you know you're capable of, that you did all spring training, and then just trust the offense to be able to get the job done as the Braves' offense faces a left-hander themselves. It will be a lot of fun to see 
Dylan Dodd make his Major League debut. Hopefully some more fireworks from the Braves' bats will support him and the Braves can get another victory in series win to start off 2023. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Daily Hammer. Again, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com and Battery Power SBN across all forms of social media. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Until tomorrow, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer. <laughs>